I'm going to be in the John again this evening, chapter 8, same chapter, just different verses. I could probably piece another one on the one we had this morning, but, but you know, I think I leave it alone for a while. John chapter 8. About eight years ago in St. Louis, there was a billboard, and I guess they've kind of, same kind of billboard has kind of popped up all over the country. And it has a big picture of a, just a little darling little baby, and it has the words underneath it, Who's your daddy? And then with a phone number called 1 800 DNA 1010 or something like that. And I guess that that's kind of, you know, the sign of our times because there's a lot of babies that don't know who their dads are. And they are trying to encourage people to go have a DNA test and make sure that this is your kid. And who is it, Marty, whatever his name is, which is that TV guy? Whoever his name is, I don't know, I don't watch him. Just, just know what his name and you get a little bit gist of, gist of what he talks about. But he had a lot of big to-dos here uh, years ago about... Uh, you are not the father, yeah. <laughs> I've got some news for you. You are not the father, or you are the father. And sometimes both of those were generated good news. <laughs> so, but that's kind of a, a different situation, and you sit there and you wonder, well, who in the world would want to know that? Well, I guess there's a lot of, a lot of kids that want to know that, or a lot of uh, fathers that want to make sure if they're stuck with the money of supporting that kid, knowing that they're their kids. But the ones that don't need to know that are the ones that resemble the father. I know that um, my kids, like I said, Randy adopted my, my boys, and um, they look just like my ex-husband, and to a fault sometimes. And when they were growing up sometimes, I'd look at them, and he'd just remind me of the, the him, and i just want to punch him. <laughs> you know, because they resemble him so much. And I thought, man, God, will you punish me the rest of my life? They outgrown some of it, so it's all right. But, it, uh, you know, there are some things. And then there's other ways that, you know, you'll look at somebody and you can tell, hey, that's your kid, you know, because of the resemblance is there. And you know, hey, there's no denying that one. Looks just like you. Sometimes we get that mixed up and we don't resemble them. But when the resemblance is there, you know who your father is. And... Um, in, in this story we're going to talk about this morning, it talks about who's your father. Now, we in a society, we have this, uh, especially in the environment, believe that everybody, God is everybody's father. Da God's our daddy, that's it, and no matter what. But according to what Jesus talks about in our story today, we're going to find out that that isn't true. We're not all God's children. He has some specific, maybe not DNA requirements, but there are some other requirements that he uses in order to find out which kids are his. And Jesus has this conversation with some Pharisees about who's their daddy. And that's what I want to talk about this, morning, this evening. And it's in chap, uh, chapter John 8, verses, starting in verse 31. <clears throat> Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. 
A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. I heard from God. Abraham did not, never did such a thing. No, you are intimidating your real father, they replied. They replied, we, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here of my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truly accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward. So I've got three tests or three things that we can utilize to determine our parentage and whether or not we're actually children of God. And the first way to determine our parentage is freedom, because God's children are free. That's the best way to tell which his children are free. In verse 31 it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set us free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Now we know there's a couple things in there that isn't true. Because we know that because of Israel's history, they had been slaves a lot of their years. They were in bondage in Babylonia and the Assyrians and a lot of other places because of their sin. So they were slaves. And here they were lying through their teeth saying we'd never been slaves. But see, Jesus tells them in this little, little one scripture is a whole lot of knowledge that we can hang on to. And that is that the truth, you should know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth sets you free. When we sit there and we try to get people to understand God's word, we've got to understand that it's the truth that's going to open their eyes. No matter what we tell people until they get a hold of the truth. And who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he says the truth will set you free. And the only thing that we can do is talk to people about truth. And only God can open their eyes to the truth. No matter how hard we try, we're not going to be able to get people to believe things sometimes. Because it depends on who the Father is. And sometimes a glimmer of light breaks into their souls and they go, Oh yeah, I get it now. Just like it happened in my life and probably happened in most of your life. You didn't know any of this religious stuff because we just looked at it like a religion. It's all we knew. I don't want to be one of those religious people. I don't want to do that kind of stuff. 
I like having my Sundays free. I like that 10% of my check I get to keep. I don't want any of that stuff. I don't like that stuff. But see, when you come to know the truth and the truth sets you free, you realize, hey, I'm free. You're not in bondage. So you get to come to church on Sunday and you get to help support God's kingdom and God's plan. And yet for everything that, that, that you give and it, whatever happens because of that giving, you get a part of it. And that's exciting. Talk about a pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's a reverse pyramid scheme. Because it doesn't matter. Whatever you give, it goes up there. And whatever it influences down or out or whatever way it is, you get to be a part of it. So you're going to get to heaven and find out what a soul winner you really were. <laughs> and I'm excited about that. Because maybe we don't lead that many people to the Lord. A lot of us don't, you know. We try, we do our best. We try to talk to people. But a lot of people just have their minds so closed. Well, in some areas of the country and some people, they're really gifted at that. But if we gave a nickel toward that ministry or even here in the church, anyone that gets saved in this church, you get to be a part of it. If you gave a nickel in this church, you get to be a part of it. That's exciting. That's a pretty good return on your money. I like that. I like that. Too bad the government doesn't pick up some of that. <laughs> be nice. Instead of, you know, it's getting almost tax time and, you know, we have the 1040 forms we fill out. You, you get to keep the 10 and send in the rest. <laughs> That's about what it means. But the truth, he says, will make you free. <clears throat> now, Jesus is talking to the unbelieving Pharisees and the religious leaders. And they're sitting there and they're trying to tell Jesus that, hey, we're descendants of Abraham. Man, I'm religious. I go to church. I'm a descendant of Abraham. So therefore, you know, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, I'm the descendant of Abraham. Look at me. That makes me okay. I got her made. I go to the Assembly of God Church. I got it made. I go to the Baptist Church. I go to Lutheran Church. I got it made. That's what they're saying. I got a religion. Only they actually their religion was, you know, it, it was it, that religion, if you're going to join, just for religion's sake, Jesus was a Jew. So, you know, he voted for Jews. <laughs> if you want to get technical about it. But that's what they were saying to him. See, they didn't get it. And there's a lot of people in our society today, they don't get it either. And they were sitting there and they was arguing with Jesus. Hey, we're not slave to anybody. I'm Abraham's child, so therefore I have got it made. I'm a child of God. But Jesus said, hey, wait a minute here. No, you're not. And they didn't like it. See, if you were literal slaves back in that day, you couldn't free yourself. If you was afraid, if you was born a slave, you'd die a slave. The only way you could get out of being a slave is if your master set you free. Or someone bought you and freed you. But that's the only way you could be set free. And if you was a slave, you'd slave. That's all you had to look forward to. And just hope and pray you got a good master. Because you were property. And that's why he used that vernacular. Because they had slaves back then. Sometimes against what the God wanted, but uh, they still had them. <clears throat> and Jesus is the only one who can set us free and place us in God's family. No matter how much we want to ourselves, we can't do it. You can join every church you want, and it isn't going to get you in God's family. It'll help make you live a, a righteous life and do things that are right and make right decisions, but it isn't going to get you in God's family. There's only one way you can get into God's family. And that's to be born into it. That's the only way I become in my family is to be born in it or adopted. One of those two ways, that's the only way you become part of the family. And both of those have to do with Jesus. See, Jesus adopted the Gentiles into the promises. 
But we have to be, still have to be born in, and then he adopts us, and we are become children. So I'm excited about that. In uh, John 12, 32, it says, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. That's the only way any, any of us can become children's, children of God. And that's when Jesus is lifted up. In other words, he died on a cross for our sins. We have to be able to be drawn to the cross and come to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sins and cleanse me and I want to live my life for you. I believe you rose from the dead. And, and then that makes the difference. That's what makes, but you have to say it with your heart. Say it with your head. is isn't just going to cut it. So you have, to, you have to say it with your heart and that's what it takes. <clears throat> in uh, Watchman Nee tells about a new convert who came in deep distress to see him. No matter how much I pray, no matter how hard I try, I simply cannot seem to be faithful to my Lord. I think I'm losing my salvation. Nee said, do you see this dog here? He is my dog. He is house trained. He never makes a mess. He is obedient. He is a pure delight to me. Out in the kitchen, I have a son, a baby son. He makes a mess. He throws his food around. He fouls his clothing. He is a total mess. But who is going to inherit my kingdom? My dog? My son is my heir. You are Christ's heir because it is for you that he died. We are Christ's heir not through our perfection, but by means of his grace. Right. See, it doesn't matter. See, when you're a son, the father takes care of you. And, you know, if we throw our food around, <laughs> you ever thrown food around? <laughs> Randy got thrown out of a restaurant once because he's thrown food? Oh, yeah, he did. Bonzo beans, yeah. So, of course, he was <clears throat> not in his best condition at the time. <laughs> Wasn't one of his finer moments. <laughs> but, yeah, well, yeah, you thought it was at the time, so you got thrown out and didn't get to, get to eat your food. Had to pay for it anyway. I don't know whether they made you pay for it or not, did they? Well, that was nice then. Did you get to eat any of it? I don't remember that. I don't know. <laughs> so we as Christians, we mess up a lot of times. See, that's the biggest problem we have as Christians because we fail and we stumble and we fall and we think, man, it's over. God isn't going to love me anymore. And God's going to throw me out. But see, God doesn't do that because we're sons. We're sons of God. When we come to Christ and we accept him as our personal Savior, man, we got, we got it made. God puts up with us throwing our food around and some of the other things that we do until we mature to the point where then he has to take some discipline. I I've never spanked my kid for throwing their food around when they're little until they get a little older. You know, when they're two months old, it's kind of cute and whatever, and they, whatever. But at 30, it's not cute. <laughs> so at 30 years old or 10 years old or whatever it is, then you have to do something different about it. And sometimes God has to do that with us. So if we're still acting like kids, then God has to do something to make us grow up. But he does that only for his children. I don't do anything for my neighbor's kids. That's their problem. Let them take care of it. You know, you're in my house. Go see your mother, you know, or go home. You're not going to be here. But my kids, hey, that's different. That's a whole different ballgame there. So because of Christ, we are free from the consequences of sin and its slavery. Because sin is slavery. We're in bondage to sin. 
And it isn't, it isn't something that we like. I don't like bondage. I don't like being entrapped in, the, in, the, in sin. And the problem is that we don't know it when we're there. We think we're living free lives at the time. Before I got saved, I didn't know I was in bondage. The devil had me blinded. But now I look back on it, I can see all the bondage that I was in, and I'm thankful to God that he broke those chains in my life. And I know, I know what freedom is now. We live in a free nation, and we love freedom, and all the people of the world want to be here to live free, but you can live in a free America and still be in bondage. We've got so many people in bondage to sin. They're bound by so many things, alcohol, drugs, depression, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of things that they're bound with. Well, they don't listen to us. We tell them, hey, I know where you can get bondage. I know who breaks bandage. bondage. They don't want to listen to us because they're blinded by it because they're not kids. Only God's kids can hear his voice. And they don't have to listen to the neighbor's kids. The kid, neighbor kids don't listen to them generally. <clears throat> the second test to determine parentage is faithfulness. God's children are faithful. Uh, verse 38, it says, I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father. But you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. So Abraham, he was telling me, you know, Abraham was faithful to God. And they lived by his word and by his standards. And back then, if you was a child in a home, you listened to, you were very obedient to your parents. You did not disobey your parents like they do now. Back then, if you were a disobedient child, they stoned you. So it did away with juvenile delinquency back then. They didn't have any of that back then. <laughs> and I think we stone a few kids nowadays instead of telling the poor little darlings how, oh, it was just your environment. You didn't mean to kill those six people with that butcher knife or, or some of the horrendous things that kids are doing. Maybe we would get rid of some of that stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> so the children at that time were a whole different ballgame than they were now. And this is the group that Jesus was talking to. He's telling them the same thing that they probably told their own kids. You know, you're going to listen to what I say. Period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Doesn't matter whether the father was right or wrong. They were obedient to their parents under the law of Moses. They had to be because there was a great penalty attached to it. And so Jesus is telling them, if Abraham was your father, you'd listen to me because my message that I have, I got from God himself. See, and Moses was afraid when he come to the children of Israel that they wouldn't receive his message. But they did eventually. They eventually received Moses' message. But here's somebody that was greater than Moses, and they were refusing his message. And then only refusing it, they kept trying to kill him. That was their favorite thing to do. How can we get rid of this Jesus? He's interfering with our life. We've got to get rid of him. He's causing us too much grief. And anyone that says that Jesus didn't claim to be God sure hasn't read their Bible. <laughs> because over and over and over through these pages of this book, he reinforces that. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders wouldn't have hated him so much if he didn't claim to come directly from God and he wasn't God himself. He wouldn't have had near the problems if he would have just said, hey, I'm not God. I just talked to him, you know, like you do. <clears throat> so he was really giving them a bad time about that and telling them that if they were God's kids, that they would act like Abraham because Abraham was a very righteous man. And he was obedient to God even when it didn't make sense. Abraham was obedient to God. And here was these religious leaders that supposed to know everything about the Old Testament. See, we know about the Old Testament about this much compared to what the Pharisees knew. 
because they were well versed in the Old Testament. And that was their whole job was doing nothing but study it and make sure that a whole nation didn't break any of those 713 laws that they turned changed from 10 to 713. And if we think that's bad, I'd hate to think how many laws we have now. Thousands or millions. We might even have a million laws for all I know. <laughs> we got a lot of laws. I don't know how they keep them all straight. So on June 7, 2002, now these names I'm going to mumble through, Micah Paria Mopafo. I don't know why they named their kid that, but that's what his name was. A Zane City Councilman announced that he was disowning his son, Tika, who is a member of a rival political party. I want to seek legal resources so that I will stop him from using my surname, said Mopoff. He said he had nine other children and did not want to have anything to do with Tika because in addition to supporting his political rivals, he was also a thief. Now, he didn't want anything to do with his kid, and he just inherited him because he wasn't acting like his son. You, you know, like, where'd you come from? The mailman drop you off or something? So he disinherited him. But see, Jesus can't disinherit us. When you adopt kids, you can't disinherit them. You cannot do it legally or any other way. You can your own kids. That's why sometimes it's better to be adopted. You don't, if you adopt your kids, they can't uh, disown you. See, God won't disown us, but we, if, if we wanted to change our own name, we could. Randy's adopted, and if he wanted to uh, disown his father, he could go disown him, change his name, and do that legally. But his dad couldn't disown him because he adopted him. I think it's better to be adopted. <laughs> I like being adopted. It's got a lot more legal ramifications. And so we're all adopted, we're all grafted in. So Jesus was telling them that they don't have the right to use Abraham's name because they weren't, his, they weren't God's kids. So quit using God's name if you're not his kid. There's a lot of people out there that I'm tired of their, their antics and the things that they're doing because it gives God a bad name. And I don't think you're God's kids because God's kids don't act like that. God's kids don't commit adultery. God's kids don't rob banks. Do they? I don't think they do. You know, there's such a thing as making mistakes, but I don't know how God's kid can make a mistake and rob a bank or something like that. And so all these religious people are out there and they're doing all kinds of things, giving God a bad name. Well, they're not his kids. <laughs> so if somebody brings it up to me and said, hey, what do you think about this person that did this over here? I said, well, that's easy. That ain't, he isn't God's kid. <laughs> God's kid wouldn't do that. Do you honestly believe God's kid would do that? And they will say, of course not. If they thought they would, then they wouldn't be bringing it up and throwing it in your face, would they? So I, that's an easy out in case you're looking for one. That's it. Say, hey, that's not God's kid. God's kids act differently than that. The third test to determine parentage is fellowship with his son. God's children have fellowship with the son. Uh, verse 41, it says, No, you are intimidating your real father. Imitating... Your real father, they, they replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It is because you can't hear me, for you are children of your father, the devil. Ooh, man, I can just see the anger and the red eyes burning in there at that point. And you love to do the evil things he does. 
He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a lie, liar and the father of lies. Those who are children, God's children love him. Those who don't accept Christ as being from God or being his son or being God himself are not God's children. Because there are certain ways we know by these things as if we are God's children. The whole world isn't God's children. We're not all brothers and sisters because we're, just because we're, we're human beings. That doesn't make it. He is saying to these Pharisees, you're not that he came on, didn't come on his own. He didn't come to earth at his own idea because he had nothing better to do. You know, I'm, if I'm looking for something to do, looking forward to do, it's taking a vacation maybe, but it isn't going and dying on a cross. That isn't, that isn't up there high on my list. It isn't on my bucket list. It is on yours. <laughs> I don't want that on my bucket list. And, but Jesus came because it was, uh, he did it for his father. He came to die because he loved us. And that's why he came. It wasn't his idea. And he said if, he, if they knew God, that they would know who he was. Because in the Old Testament, the Bible is filled with examples of who Christ was going to be, what he was going to be like, how he was going to be born, and all these things. And yet they were so busy trying to tear him down and trying to destroy his reputation, they weren't interested in the facts. Have you met people like that? Don't bother with me the facts. I've got my mind made up. And we live in a society of that. So the Pharisees heard firsthand what Jesus thought about their paternity. He told them flat out, you're not children of God. And the Pharisees weren't children of God. What makes the world think they are? Because I think if you're going to be close, any religion that's going to make it for you, it's got to be that one. And yet he told them, you're not God's children. Your father is the devil. Ooh, I wouldn't like to tell that. I don't, I'd be kind of a little leery to tell anybody that, wouldn't you? You're not God's kid, but I know whose dad you are. <laughs> I know your dad is. I've seen him. <laughs> He's around a lot. There's more, there's more devil's kids around than there is God's kids. <clears throat> Verse 44, it says, For you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you do not belong to God. Ooh, that, that says it all. If people don't want to receive God's womb, we're trying to tell them God's word, and we're trying to tell them how to be saved and how they can have eternal life, and they don't receive it, it's because they're not God's kids. They've been listening for the devil so long, and they're good kids of the devil. Maybe there's different degrees of it. They're not all out there killing people or whatever, but there's only two, cho- two choices in this world. You're either sons of God or you're sons of the devil. That's... That's the reality of it. So the Bible says, either God's your father or the devil's your father. There's no in-between. And God wants to be the father of everybody, but unfortunately, people don't always want to choose God. I know a lot of people aren't interested in God. They don't want God to be their father because they're going to have to quit doing some of the things they know they shouldn't be doing and they don't want to. That's why they don't darken the door of a church or they don't hang around with religious people because they get convicted in their hearts because of their behavior. 
but they'll go out and hang out in a bar and feel right at home. Why? Because they have the same father. I get along really well a lot of time now that I'm older with my brothers and my sisters. My sister, uh, sister, singular. <clears throat> we can sit and talk and have a good time and we don't hit each other anymore. <laughs> and we get along really good. But when I go out and talk to some other, somebody else's brothers and sisters sometimes, there's a little conflict because they don't, you know, they don't understand me. They don't know where I'm coming from. And my, one, my brothers that aren't Christians, we don't always get along the, as best as we can because we see things differently. He, see, he sees things the way that the world sees them. And no matter how much I talk, no matter how much I try to convince him, and you, you know because you talk to people every day too. They just don't get it because their eyes are blinded. But all we can do is just reach out to them and if we get the opportunity to say stuff, and if we need to tell them, hey, you're acting just like your dad. And they say, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Go home and read John 8, chapter, verses 31 to 47. <laughs> then the next day they'll come back and maybe hit you. I don't know. Of course, they might not understand it, so you might be safe. <clears throat> so he says, tells them, gives them a clear message of who their father was. And <clears throat> his message testified itself in the hearts of those who are willing to hear the truth. Only the people that have a desire in their heart to hear the truth is going to hear the truth. If you want to know the truth, can't you find the truth? If you want to know, like I said, there's a lot of rumors sometimes floating around, and sometimes I'll get some emails and because of who sent it to me. I don't, you know, I don't bother checking stuff out. I don't know whether you guys do. Sometimes if it sounds a little fishy, I'll check it out or I won't send it forward. But uh, you think you trust your source, and then later you find out it was just, it wasn't true. But sometimes... We don't always know what's true. But with God, we can know that everything that God says is true. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to look up for excuses for stuff because what God says is true. And if you want to know the truth, you have to know Jesus and then you'll be set free. That's the only way people are going to get saved is they have to know the truth. And they have to want to seek the truth. But if you want to know the truth, you can find it. There's not a lot of truth out there. And yet with the internet the way it is and information that we can get it, we can find the truth. If we want to. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a, if someone goes, said to you, look, I like you. You know, you're a good friend. You know, you come on over and visit. But next time you come over, don't bring your kid. I don't like your kid. I don't care about your kid. So would you please just leave him at home? How many of you would be friends with that person anymore? No, you'd say, hey, wait a minute. You don't like my kid, don't want my kid, and you don't want me. And that's basically what God was telling these Pharisees. If you don't accept the son, if you don't accept me, you're rejecting God. So goodbye. I remember when we lived in Colorado when we'd go on vacation. Of course, we'd have dogs. And we'd go to over people's house say, you know, if you want to see us, I'm bringing my dogs. <laughs> If you, don't want it, if you don't want to see my dogs, you don't want to see me. <laughs> Didn't have nobody else to leave them with, but I'd warned them in advance and give them the opportunity. I might want to dislike them because some people just don't like dogs, but if I didn't have no other place to leave them and they wanted to see me, that was the choice. So now we just take them over to Tammy's and let Tammy watch them so don't have that problem. We watch hers for her too, so it works out all right. Of course, she gets three and we get one. So who, could, who do you think is the best deal? <laughs> 
Oh, our dogs are so wonderful, so they're not, not ever Anyway, so, but if they don't accept part of our family, they don't accept us, basically, and we can get offended real easy. Well, anyone that won't accept Christ offends God because he is the only way that we can get back with our relationship with God. <clears throat> so Jesus is telling the Pharisees the same thing. If you don't accept me, you're rejecting God. And they didn't like it very well because they continued trying to kill him. But Jesus always spoke the truth, whether they liked it or not. And he didn't back down from anybody over the truth. And we can't either. All we can do is speak the truth to people. And if they don't accept it, that's their problem. We can't change all that. But we're a child of God. If we're free, we're faithful, and we have fellowship with Jesus. Did you pass your paternity test? Let's pray. I pray saying, Father, Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that, that your DNA basically runs through the veins of everyone that is here tonight, Lord, and we're thankful, Lord, that we are your children. And we're thankful, Lord, for the truth, because you are the truth, and you have set us free, and I'm thankful for that. And we just ask, Lord, your blessing and anointing, Lord, upon our lives, Lord, and help us, Lord, to be able to be good and faithful servants, Lord, and to be fellow fellowship with you and to pray and talk to you, Lord, and read your word and get to know you better. Because we know, Lord, that the more truth we get inside us, Lord, the more that we have the ability, Lord, to share it with people we come in contact with. Help us, Lord, to be faithful stewards, Lord, of our time, of our money, and everything, Lord, that you've placed in our hands, Lord. And we look forward to the day, Lord, when we'll be able to, to see you face to face and hear those wonderful words, Lord, we're all longing to hear. Well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joys prepared for you, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. And we ask now your blessing upon our, this service, the rest of this service. In 